Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You're not using the word legitimate. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections and of ensuring the principle of one person, one vote. I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. But constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening. This is a video that's been put together by Trump's lawyers as part of the impeachment defense. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. David Schoen is the one speaking now. And it goes through all the times Democrats said this election is illegitimate, this election is stolen. They showed uh, Hillary Clinton, they showed Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio, they showed Stacey Abrams. Look at all the times you said something was illegitimate. Was it incitement? Was it insurrection? It's something that happens. Now showing Gerald Nadler. In an election and remove a president from office except to defend our system of government or our constitutional liberties against the dire threat. And we must not do so without an overwhelming consensus of the American people. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties and opposed by the other. That was him, of course, talking about Bill Clinton. Now, does this actually move the needle? Well, if I look at uh, social media and watch the political left's uh, reaction, no, no, it's ridiculous and none of it matters. It's not for them. It's for us. There are two audiences at play, and this is for us. And the argument well being made by David Schoen right now is these Democrats, a bunch of hypocrites. That's the argument. Now, That's not an argument that gets you out of a speeding ticket. But it is indeed the argument that gets Americans to say, heh, would you look at that? Deceptively edited video? Heh, will you look at that? I mean, that's that's how it goes. And that's exactly what's going on. Now, is David Schoen still speaking? Is he back to speaking, I should say? It is Michael Vanderveen now. One of the other lawyers is Michael Vanderveen, B-E-E-N. Vanderveen, sorry, with a V, V-E-E-N. Let's take it to him and hear what he has to say. So as to void the protections afforded by the First Amendment. I will explain why the answers to both of these questions must be a resounding yes. The Constitution and the First Amendment must certainly apply to these impeachment proceedings, and Mr. Trump's speech deserves full protection under the First Amendment. But before getting into the legal analysis, some preliminary observations about the House manager's case should be made. First. This case, unfortunately, is about political hatred. 
it has become very clear that the House Democrats hate Donald Trump. This type of political hatred has no place in our political institutions and certainly no place in the law. This hatred has led the House managers to manipulate and selectively edit Mr. Trump's speech to make it falsely appear that he sought to incite the crowd to violently attack the Capitol. He didn't, and we will show you why. The hatred has also led the House managers to make some astounding legal arguments. They astoundingly urge you dis to disregard your oath by ignoring the First Amendment of the Constitution. They also ignore landmark binding United States Supreme Court cases, precedents, Wood and Bond both of which unequivocally hold that elected officials have core First Amendment rights to engage in the exact type of political speech which Mr. Trump engaged in. I was shocked the House managers not only spent a mere three pages on the First Amendment analysis in their trial memo, but yesterday they spent a, three, a mere 10 minutes at the end of their case as a throwaway. What we have read and what we have heard is devoid of any constitutional analysis for less than what I would expect from a first-year law student. They left out landmark cases, total intellectual dishonesty. And finally, Hatred is at the heart of the House manager's frivolous attempt to blame Donald Trump for the criminal acts of the rioters based on double hearsay statements of fringe right-wing groups based on no real evidence other than rank speculation. Hatred is a dangerous thing. We all have to work to overcome it. Hatred should have no place in this chamber in these proceedings. The second observation. The Senate is presented with an extraordinary task sitting in judgment of a former president's words in a speech that he gave at a political event. The House managers accuse Mr. Trump of using his words to incite the horrific events at the Capitol on January 6th. But yesterday, they gave you a new and novel standard of incitement with an element of foreseeability, a negligence concept. They cite zero case law. They made it up. This task of applying a completely made-up legal standard of incitement to an impeachment proceeding is truly an unprecedented task for the Senate. And that is something the Senate must seriously consider when deciding the issue. Do you want to create a precedent where the Senate will be tasked with sitting in judgment as to the meaning and implied intent of a president's words? or words of any elected official? Will that allow and maybe encourage a majority party to weaponize the awesome power of impeachment against the minority to suppress a point of view? Will the Senate 
then have to deal with constant articles of impeachment by a majority party accusing minority presidents or other elected officials of so-called insightful or false speeches? You can see where this would lead. Sadly, we have all seen the political rhetoric get ratched up over the last few years. We've all been witnesses to many incendiary words by our officials at political events broadcast over the media internet. In each of those instances, will there now be Senate impeachment hearings? One last observation. We agree with the House managers, context does indeed matter. The inflammatory rhetoric from our elected officials must be considered as part of the larger context of Mr. Trump's speech at the ellipse on January 6th. The inflammatory language from both sides of the aisle has been alarming, frankly. But this political discourse must be considered as part of these proceedings to contentualize Mr. Trump's words. We have some video to play that highlights some of what I'm talking about. I preface this video by noting I am not showing you this video as some excuse for Mr. Trump's speech. This is not about, this is not whataboutism. So this is Michael Vandeveen, one of President Trump's lawyers, and man, hitting hard on the impeachment managers. What is this new standard that you're inventing? Literally inventing on the spot. But I want to hear what this video is. So we're going to stick with it for a little while, producer Ari. Uh, I want to hear it with the video that um, that Mr. Vandeveen is putting forward. Listen. You need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish you were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out now. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Up the White House. Please get up in the face of some Congress people. People will do what they do. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. We're going to go in there, we're going to. This is just seriously, all he had to do was listen to this show. Just pick up all the clips that we've utilized on this show of the political left speaking in this way. And by the way, we shouldn't excuse the political right for speaking in this way. What we should be arguing and discussing is how not to speak in this way. That's a worthy conversation and one that personally I could do a better job of. Except I do it with such class and style and panache. People think that this is, what's the big deal? Uh, Dana Bash of CNN uh, put out, uh, so here's President Trump's lawyers complaining about video taking people out of context by utilizing a video taking people out of context. Um, so you're worried, so, the, so you're, you don't like the whole system. It wasn't good for when, when Trump does it, and it's not good when Democrats do it, right? Or it was only good when one do it. What, what's the, 
What's the point there? The point is America is seeing that a lot of people have engaged violent rhetoric. And maybe it doesn't lead to insurrection. Maybe some people at the Capitol engaged a riot and they should have been dealt with with force and they should damn well be arrested. Right? It's more than some people did something. I don't quote Ilhan Omar. They, com- they, they engaged a riot. They should be arrested. So should the people in Minneapolis and everywhere else. That's what we all know to be true. And so that's the conversation Michael Vanderveen is putting forth, not for the senators, for us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Yesterday, Don Lemon said something ridiculous. And I know offense what you're saying i know you're like it's it's don lemon of course he said something ridiculous but what did he say tony katz tony katz today 833 got tony 833-468-8669 don lemon said if you're comparing the capital riots black lives matter riots it's bs why well let's listen to his reasoning You know Don Lemon's from CNN. Did I have to explain that part? CNN, Don Lemon, right? Really thinks he's he's, he's above it all. Listen. And this whole weird uh, thing that they keep saying, well, what about the riots and and the demonstration that happened this summer? That's apples and oranges. First of all, the demonstrations, the protests, were for something that's real. Systemic it was for facts. It was for inequality. It was for police brutality. It was for all those things. It was, it was people who were rising up for their rights. What happened at the Capitol was built on a lie. Hold on a second. I am not in any way condoning what happened at the Capitol. I condemn every part of the riots at the Capitol. But he's comparing protests to riots. We need to compare apples to apples. You're right. Now tell me why the riots in Seattle and in Portland and in Indianapolis and in Minneapolis and in Chicago and in New York were so good and decent. No one would compare a protest to a riot. But we had riots in those places. We had violence in those places. We had murder in those places. By the way, this stuff about Officer Sicknick... Officer Sicknick is one of the Capitol Police officers who we are told died because of the riot. And we were told the story that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. But the story is coming out now that he wasn't hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. There was no blunt force trauma. That he spoke to his brother that night and said he was fine. He then had a stroke. Well, look, I'm sorry the man is gone. I mean, his family still grieves the same. But don't you think there's a narrative story in there that should be corrected? And the fact that it's not, doesn't anybody else think that's odd? I appreciate Tucker Carlson bringing that information aggressively to light. Now let's get back to Don Lemon, who doesn't know the difference between a a protest and a riot. Those riots that happened this summer were people who were capitalizing on the people who were out there who were fighting for things that were real. It's awful that you had those things, but guess what? Those people were not marching because Joe Biden or any other Democratic presidential candidate told them to go there and march. 
he makes a little bit of a difference there. Little gets into the differentiation. The difference between the protester and the rioter, something that we have discussed repeatedly, that the rioter made the protester look bad. But he's trying to rewrite history because, of course, people supported the riots. The riot is the language of the unheard. Representative Cory Bush just told us this when they were rioting at a jail in Seattle. But she's the one who refers to what happened at the Capitol as a white supremacist coup. Well, she's a bigot. I mean, bigots are going to bigot. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? Oh, yeah, I call her a bigot. People call me a bigot. The difference is I'm not saying anything bigoted. She's the one calling everybody who disagrees with her a white supremacist. You see the points I'm making. Don Lemon doesn't want you to think that the riots ever existed. That we saw all across the country. I argue he's making a false comparison. And told him, hey, we're going to go take uh, uh, Portland. We're going to go take... That's all true. Nobody did that. And so for them to compare the two is BS. It has, one has nothing to do with the other. Demonstrations, people protesting, it's not, it's, it's not perfect. But to have all of those people there fighting against police right. officers in the name of a president is something that is completely Most, different, and they're embarrassing themselves by comparing. I appreciate him talking about fighting against police officers because it happened in cities all across the country. It happened in cities all across the country, and you had Democratic officials, elected officials, saying, okay, whether they be in in the halls of Congress or whether they be the mayor of Portland or the mayor of Seattle. And the governors of those cities, of those states, certainly said okay. He's making an argument about a comparison that you're right, is apples and oranges. Because he won't even admit to the fact that there are riots. A riot is a riot. If he he wants to say a protest isn't a riot, he'll get my agreement. I believe this to be true. What he's trying to do is say that you can't make any comparisons at all, and that's not true. We should be opposed to riots. We should be opposed to the violence that took place in our cities. And when CNN refers to them as mostly peaceful protests while a cop car is on fire behind them, it's a, it's a whole bunch of elitism to get up there like Don Lemon did yesterday and say this. I oppose riots. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist like that, I guess. Just a, just a throwback. More from the president's defense team in this impeachment trial. This is Tony Katz today. It continues. The defense of President Trump in the impeachment trial. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Project Veritas and James O'Keefe got thrown off Twitter for, I don't, I don't know. Twitter just wants to throw people off Twitter. That seems rather obvious that the plan is, oh, we'll just throw people off Twitter. Oh, we don't like you. Oh, we think you're a problem. Oh, we think you're going to say something we don't like. All the things. Tell me more about how uh, the uh, suppression isn't real. Of course it is. Of course it is. It's just another example of what's going on. Now, they're playing a video right now, Producer Ari, is that it? Mike Vanderveen is back. Let's take it back to the defense of President Trump. I want to make sure we're all on the same page in these things. And uh, Mr. Vanderveen, V-E-E-N. Elected officials must have the right to freely engage in public speech. 
Indeed, the Supreme Court expressly rejected the House manager's argument in Wood versus Georgia, holding that the sheriff was not a civil servant, but elected an elected official who had core First Amendment rights which could not be restricted. That's Wood v. Georgia, page 395, footnote 21. The House managers do not mention Wood or Bond in the trial brief or anywhere else. Why? Why not? Because it does not fit their narrative or their story. They want to punish Mr. Trump for engaging in constitutionally protected free speech, and they do not want you to consider the issue. But you must. Question two, does Mr. Trump's speech deserve protection under the First Amendment? There is no doubt Mr. Trump engaged in constitutionally protected political speech that the House has improperly characterized as incitement of insurrection. The fatal flaw of the House's argument is that it seeks to mete out governmental punishment impeachment based on First Amendment political speech. Speech for political purposes is the kind of activity to which the First Amendment offers its strongest protection. These are bedrock principles recognized by our Supreme Court for decades. The court has stated in no uncertain terms the importance of these principles to our democratic principles. The general proposition that freedom of expression upon public questions is secured by the First Amendment has long been settled by our decisions. The constitutional safeguard, we have said, was fashioned to assure unfettered interchange of ideas for the bringing about of political and social changes desired by the people. New York Times v. Sullivan. Our First Amendment decisions have created a rough hierarchy in the constitutional protection of speech. Core political speeches occupy the highest, most protected position. Even political speech that may incite unlawful conduct is protected from the reach of government punishment. The court has said every idea is an incitement. And if speech may be suppressed when it might inspire someone to act unlawfully, then there is no limit to the state's sensorial power. The government may not prohibit speech because it increases the chances of an unlawful act will be committed, committed at some indefinite time in the future. The House managers showed you a series of tweets going all the way back to 2015 in an effort to prove incitement. All of that evidence is totally irrelevant under the constitutional definition of incitement. Brandenburg versus Ohio is really the landmark case on the issue of incitement speech. Half of the case was mentioned yesterday. In the Brandenburg v. Ohio case, 
another landmark, the court held the government may only the government may only suppress speech for advocating the use of force or a violation of law if such advocacy is directed to inciting or producing eminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. The Brandenburg holding has been interpreted as having three basic prongs to determine if speech meet the definition of incitement. The Brandenburg test precludes speech from being sanctioned as incitement to a riot unless this one, the speech explicitly or implicitly encouraged use of violence or lawless action. Two, the speaker intends that his speech will result in use of violence or lawless action. And three, the imminent use of violence or lawless action is likely is the likely result of the speech. The House managers cannot get past the first prong of the Brandenburg test. They have not and cannot prove Mr. Trump explicitly or implicitly encouraged use of violence or lawless action, period. Brandenburg requires a close examination of the words themselves. The words are either important or they're not. The House managers admitted that the incitement issue is not about the words. Why not? Because on the face of it, Mr. Trump's words are no different than the figurative speech used by every one of the senators assembled here today. If it is not about the words, but about the big lie of a stolen election, then why isn't House Manager Raskin guilty since he tried to overturn the 2016 election? The more the House managers speak, the more hypocrisy gets revealed. Hypocrisy. Even though they say it's not about the words, the law under Brandenburg requires a close analysis of the words to determine incitement. So we need to look at those words. Mr. Trump did the opposite of advocating for lawless action, the opposite. He expressly advocated for peaceful action at the Save America rally. He explicitly stated, these are the words. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That is how this president has spoken for years when he condemns violence, lawlessness, and rioters. The House managers have played manipulated, selectively edited parts of Mr. Trump's speech. They focus heavily on the word fight 
The president used the word fight 20 times in his speech. They picked only two. Why? Why not the other 18? Because so they Vanderveen, don't tell the story. President Trump's lawyer, and clearly, as you can hear, it's about pointing out the hypocrisy. Again, not for the senators. Not for the senators. For us. This is about clearing President Trump's name, beginning, middle, and end, with the 74 million people who voted for him. This is about setting the talking points and the narratives. And I'm not saying that he's wrong, mind you. But just so we're clear, none of this is about trying to win, because the winning is over. This is about how they're going to go forward and paint this story. And they won't be wrong on much of it. I'm Tony Katz. I'm not sure what Nikki Haley was trying to do here. But this was a mistake, as I see it, and I would tell her directly. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Maybe she'll be at the Conservative Political Action Conference. We will be there if, of course, travel is allowed. Did you hear this whole thing where Joe Biden, they're talking about, we need to restrict travel to Florida because they have increases in cases. They never stop attacking Florida. They never stop loving on New York. And we know for fact that Andrew Cuomo and his team lied, kept the number of people dead in nursing homes under wraps, for fear of a lawsuit. That's what happened. Wait till you hear the story. You'll lose your head. But they're talking about we might not be allowed to uh, travel, um, you know, travel down to Florida. Well, Florida is where the Conservative Political Action Conference is. And one way or another, I'm going. I'm, t- I'm doing a couple days in Florida. I have earned it. Honestly, just going to get a party bus that you can smoke cigars in, and the rest is history. Ari's driving. It's going to be good. But Nikki Haley did an interview with Politico saying that President Trump let us down. Here's the quote. We need to acknowledge he let us down. He went down a path he shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have followed him, and we shouldn't have listened to him, and we can't let that ever happen again. I make the assumption that what she is referring to is specifically specifically these last days and what happened regarding the election. Not these last days in terms of the last couple of days, the last days of, of his presidency. I don't know about you, but I do not feel that I was led down any path. And I would say very clearly that I don't believe we ever discussed it in that way. Because I I know this because if I had discussed it in that way, the person I would have heard it from first is producer Ari. That's true. Because producer Ari doesn't agree with me politically. Not by most things, yeah. I I am here to help producer Ari get better every day. This This is a therapy program for him. He would have said to me, whoa. He would, have, he would have been first with it. The man has no filter whatsoever. Oh, my God. No respect for boundaries. It's very awkward. Our argument was, 
you want to engage a legal challenge, feel free. You want a challenge in the states? Go right ahead. You want to challenge the Electoral College? Uh, you can. But when it was, hey, Mike Pence, you got to send the Electoral College votes back to the states for recertification, what did I say? Can't do that. You have no basis for that. None. What did I say about the Electoral College challenge? Point, what did I give it, 2% or 0.2%? Like I gave it nothing and people got angry with me. I'm never going to lie to you. It's never going to happen. We're going to agree. We're going to disagree. We're go You're not going to like something I said. You're going to love something I said. Someone else is going to disagree. That's, man, that's our life together. That's what we're going to do. And then at the end, we're going to have a bourbon. And then we're going to talk about other things. So Nikki Haley saying that I understand the president. I understand that genuinely to his core, he believes he was wronged. This is not him making it up. And then, of course, Politico makes a mistake that says, but Trump was making it up. To date, there's been no discovery of material voting fraud. You saw ballots being pulled out in Georgia. You have issues with machines in Michigan. Pennsylvania, you, in, you usurped the authority of the legislature. There are issues. Talking about it just as voter fraud takes away from where issues were, and that's one of the worst things that has happened in this. But I do not feel I was led down a wrong path. I have argued that I think President Trump has made mistakes. In one of the places where I, more than ever, believe that the president failed, I don't think there's anything wrong with this challenge. I don't think there's anything wrong with discussion. I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning. I don't think there's anything wrong with lawsuits. Zero. But when the Capitol was under attack, the president did not do anything. And anybody who calls that acceptable is out of their head. Oddly enough, that's what I think is going to come. The one thing from this is going to become more people saying, the Capitol was under attack. Where the hell were you? Where was the, the commander in chief? Let me say it this way. If it was Barack Obama... You better believe you'd hear a lot of people on the political right losing their head, and rightfully so. There should have been a thousand law enforcement officials descending on the Capitol to stop the riot. But again, we said this from the beginning. The Capitol Police should have responded with force. How many times do we say that? A million? A million. And I understand there are some people, core, core to, to what we do here, who think that, no, 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 how dare you? How dare you think you should respond with force against American citizens who are doing what? Doing what? I absolutely believe that force should have been utilized. Rioters are rioters. I believe in the systems. But if you want to say that President Trump led us down the wrong path and we shouldn't have followed him. You shouldn't have followed him. What is... The, this is a mistake in language. This is a mistake in philosophy. 
and she did herself damage. She's trying to create separation and trying to create growth. Not this way. Whoever advised her on this word selection failed Nikki Haley miserably. Unforced error, and I'm not sure if it's recoverable. This is Tony Katz today.